the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. A couple minutes after four, forecasts, a mix of clouds and sun, the balance of the afternoon into the early evening, 95 the high, got another hot one happening, 72 the low tonight, might get a shower late. Tomorrow looks to be pretty cloudy, a few showers and thunder showers likely, and a lot cooler. Take that, tomorrow's high, just 79. Tomorrow also, the final day of the month of July, and as such, the final day that love worth finding with Adrian Rogers is our ministry of the month. We've been celebrating them all month long. Uh, heard weekdays at 6 a.m., just so you know. Also, 1.30 a.m. and a couple of times on the weekend. One thing that everyone is welcome to absolutely free is an instant download of a booklet called Does Character Count? Wonderful resource. Help yourself, but you got to do it before midnight tomorrow night. Also, every weekday, we're giving away the book Adrianisms, The Collected Wit and Wisdom of Adrian Rogers. 900-plus sayings often part of Dr. Rogers' sermons over the years. We've had folks like Renee in Audubon, Catherine in Richland, New Jersey, and Bruce in Malvern, among many winners this month. Still going to draw one more tomorrow, so if you have not had a chance to enter, you still have time, but do that by later on tonight as the contest wraps up tomorrow. There's a big grand prize you could win as well. The book Discover Jesus, the card set Profound Truth Simply Stated, and the Love Worth Finding Masterpiece Collection USB. These resources, I should point out, are at lwf.org, Love Worth Finding Ministries website. So if you want to buy one, you certainly can, but we're giving them away in the meantime. So get entered by clicking the Ministry of the Month banner at wfil.com. A very special guest joining us on today's program. Speaking of giveaways, recently we gave away the book In Prison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil. And the author of that book, also someone who works with Voice of the Martyrs, Peter Yashik, joining us. Uh, thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing very well, and thank you for the invitation to your show. Yeah, for sure. Now, our time difference is different. You're, are you in Czechoslovakia, or where are you today? Uh, in Czech Republic. Actually, yeah. Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore, right. but uh, yeah, we still can uh, hear on, on this name. Okay, yes. Very good. Well, folks will remember your name because not too long ago we were talking about and giving away on our website, uh, I'm promoting the book that you wrote called Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil. And it's, it's quite a story. It's an amazing story. And before we even get going, I'd love just to say at the beginning to please feel free to take your time sharing your thoughts, including culturally speaking, you've traveled the world. And I think it's really helpful, starting with me and anybody, to mm-hmm. understand we talk about God's the God of the whole world. So let's let's hear about God in other parts of the world to better stretch ourselves. So uh, feel free to paint those pictures for us and take your time doing it. So I guess starting with, at the time, it was Czechoslovakia when you were growing up, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
I had a great privilege, you know, in one sense, that uh, I have experienced the persecution uh, under communist dictatorship in Czechoslovakia. Uh, you know, I grew up in a pastor's family, and being a Christian and a pastor's son was not easy. So I have actually experienced the persecution from my early age. And uh, of course, you know, I'm thankful for the fact that I could grow up in a Christian family, but we know that we have to be born into the kingdom. We cannot inherit it from our parents. So at the age of about 15 years old, when I uh, was a freshman in the high school, you know, I decided to follow Christ. And shortly after that, you know, our family started to experience quite harsh persecution because my parents, they both of them were working not that much in the officially allowed church where my father was a pastor, but they were, because this church was very limited, uh, you know, on uh, activities and was surveilled by secret uh, police through secret co-workers of secret police. In one sense, in each of these officially allowed churches, there were one or two co-workers of secret police. And, you know, because of these limitations, my, my parents decided to rather work in the unofficial church, which, you know, you can call underground church. And um, they organized discipleship training seminars uh, for young people from various denominations, and there were people who were actually not members of any church because they just became believers through testimony of someone else, and they wanted to study Bible. So my parents organized that, and of course, when we had 50-plus people during the extended weekend in our house, of course, such an event could not be hidden before the eyes of the Sikhi police, and uh, so our house was surveilled 24-7. And of course, one day I came home from high school and I realized that both of my parents were missing. And I realized that later on that my parents were arrested, both of them at the same time, but in two different places. And they were interrogated by secret police. Of course, the, the secret police wanted to know where my parents were receiving the literature or Bibles, you know, those materials that were actually brought into Czechoslovakia secretly by courageous brothers and sisters from many free countries. And I, later on, when my parents were released, and I heard their conversation, you know, how they were discussing, you know, their experiences from these interrogations, I had no idea that was actually a good preparation for my future life. Yeah. I remember that uh, the moment, you know, the time when uh, I was quite scared when my parents were arrested and interrogated. Uh, mm -hmm. My father, when he returned home, he went to his library and brought me a book uh, written by Richard Wurmbrandt, you know, the founder of the Voice of the Martyrs, a Romanian Lutheran pastor who spent 14 years in communist prison. And this book was called In God's Underground. And my father just simply said, read this book, it will encourage your faith. And I can tell you that when I was reading about the horrible torture, brainwashing, beatings uh, that Richard uh, went through, but the Lord was with him, my personal faith was deeply encouraged. And I always say that after Bible, this is the second most important book that I read in my life. Really? What's the title of it again? In God's Underground. And I can say that uh, I stopped being afraid of persecution and suddenly I knew that the Lord will be faithful in those situations to us and will give us strength to go through it victoriously. Yeah. And, how, uh, how old were you, you when, know, you, when uh, you read that, by the way? 
Uh, I was 15 years old you know, when I read this book, and uh, I really recommend this book to people to read it and to find out what uh, Christians can rely on when they go through the most difficult time of persecution in their lives. Sure. And of course, you know, I shared Christ with my fellow student later on, you know, who became a believer, and I also told him about this book and uh, prepared him, actually, as a young believer, what he can expect uh, in communist Czechoslovakia. And we know from the book of Daniel 2.21 that the Lord is the one who is setting up kings and who is also the one who is removing the kings. And even though I personally doubted that this could ever happen in our country, but uh, the communist dictatorship just fell down after November 17, 1989, and Suddenly, we started to live in freedom and democracy. And for us, we knew that we were granted this freedom from the Lord. And we knew that there were still believers, brothers and sisters in many countries who were going through persecution. So for us, it was quite natural that we contacted the organization. And within the first two years after the fall of communism, we established the organization Voice of the Martyrs also in Czechoslovakia in 1992. And I always say this is an amazing privilege to having experienced the communist dictatorship and the persecution under this dictatorship and having been freed from this dictatorship. I always felt it as a great honor and privilege that I could start serving other brothers and sisters who still go through persecution. And you can imagine what an amazing moment for me it was when I was able for, for the first time time in my life to take Bibles and secretly bring them to countries like Iran or Algeria or some other Muslim countries or totalitarian countries. And nothing can describe my excitement from being on the other side of those who can help. And the Lord gave me a real special privilege to meet brothers and sisters, not only those who have lost their material things like houses being looted, burnt or destroyed, cars being stolen or destroyed. The Lord gave me a privilege to meet also those who have lost their beloved ones, brothers, sisters, children, parents or other relatives. But I had a special privilege to meet people whom I consider heroes of faith, those who have also lost parts of their own bodies because they didn't want to renounce their faith in Jesus. It's quite well known that according to uh, the records of statement of Muhammad called Hadith, you know, if the Christian doesn't want to become a Muslim, they're supposed to cut off his left arm and right leg. You don't ask me why left arm and right leg. This is what Muhammad said, and it is recorded in the book of Hadith. And I had this privilege, you know, to meet heroes of faith who have been missing, you know, either left arm, right leg, or both. And I can tell you that my personal faith was deeply encouraged through talking with these people, hearing their stories. Of course, they must have come through a period of time when they were also deeply traumatized, but I can tell that the joy of the Lord became their strength. And I heard their stories, and I was deeply touched by the faithfulness of the Lord. And, uh, you know, this this is such a life-changing experience to meet people like that. And I was so much enjoying the work, you know, and um, my family knew uh, what I was doing. And it's not like a job, it's more like a commitment. You're talking and, about the Voice uh, of the Martyrs work, specifically, right? Yes, right. Yes. So in one sense, you know, they got used to the fact that I always return from the trip, uh, even though... 
Sometimes I was in many dangerous situations, but I always uh, used to return home. And that changed in December 2015 when I traveled to uh, northern Sudan, to Khartoum, to document the persecution of individuals or even the whole congregations. But the Lord had a different plan, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Peter Yashik, our guest. We'll keep our conversation going in just a moment. The book we're chatting about, In Prison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil. Listen to The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app, you're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, WFIL's Rewards Club now has the back-to-school sweepstakes going. You can win $2,500 in cash to help with back-to-school expenses and another $2,500 for your school. Really cool opportunity. You can actually enter every day between now and the 31st of August, and there are bonus entry opportunities, too. Look for that back-to-school sweepstakes at WFIL.com. Our guest today on the program is Peter Yashik. He uh, wrote the book, Imprison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil. Uh, quite a book. And as I read through it, I'm thinking, how does a person prepare for the life that you, uh, you know, have led to this point? Growing up under the suppression, you know, you slowly get used to, to certain specifics of life. But I always say uh, that or tell people who ask me about preparation, you know, I can guarantee you people who, if they would have this feeling, you know, I'm, I'm strong enough in the Lord and I, I'm ready for persecution, <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee that they will fail. Right. I think it's all about being humble and rely on the Lord. And if we abide in the Lord, and it, which means to abide in His Word, abide in His Church, and abide in the intimate relationship with Him, we do not need to be afraid of any situation. We can rely on the Lord's promises uh, for our life, but the condition is that we abide. And uh, abide in Jesus, uh, we can ask ourselves how much time, you know, we, we have our jobs, we have our studies, we have families, we have to do certain things, but we still have a lot of free time. And what do we do with our free time? How much of it do we spend reading Bible, reading God's Word, and how much time do we spend just browsing Internet or reading the more or less unimportant news and stories of our friends and friends of our friends on Facebook? You know, we we can measure how much time do we spend in our intimate relationship, prayer, life with the Lord, or how much time do we spend uh, and really being a part of the uh, living, vibrant church. If we abide in Christ, we can be assured that he will be with us in any moment of persecution that we may go through. And I would like to remind, you know, that the Lord Jesus was preparing his followers that they will be persecuted. Just read John fifteen eighteen through 21. You know, the Lord said, they have hated me and they will hate you. They have persecuted me. They will persecute you. And he gives reason why we as Christians will be persecuted. He says, because you are not of the world. If you were of the world, the world would love you, because anyone who has been born of God and uh, of spirit and water has become the citizen of heaven. And as such as a citizen of heaven will be hated by this world. And Paul goes even further on in Second Timothy 3.12 that everyone who wants to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Of course, all of us will not go through the same type of persecution. But if we want really to follow Christ 
100%, according to his word. In today's world, we start to see it in Europe, and I'm sure the same in America, that this world will hate us for our biblical truth that we will defend. And I always consider the persecution as an essential part of a Christian life. Chatting with Peter Yashik, he's the author of the book Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, checking in from the Czech Republic. Uh, and just on a side note, before we get a little bit more into the book and that uh, date you mentioned, December 10th, 2015, uh, just paint a little a quick picture for us, if you would, just what it's like to live in the uh, Czech Republic now. Just culturally speaking, what, what's it like to live in the Czech Republic? Since uh, November 1989, we uh, live in freedom. We have probably more freedom than you have in America. We still can go, go to schools. We can still go to media and share the gospel. You know, I, I've been invited for one of the Czech televisions to speak about my book. And remember that this is all secure media. We do have a Christian radio. We do have Christian television. But in one sense, we can still go to these secular media and still share the gospel. Uh, the Czech Christians, you know, the church is uh, slowly growing. It's not anything massive. Our country is very small. We only have 10 and a half million people. And the Christians that are, especially the generation like me or older that have experienced the persecution, they're very generous supporters of our organization because they have experienced the persecution. And so even our country and the Czech Voice of the Martyrs can be quite a substantial part of the family of the Voices of Martyrs, which are associated in International Christian Association. ICA is the umbrella for these organizations. So as a Czech Republic, we are kind of substantial part of this family, and we can uh, send out people to help in other countries. And I'm so proud that our supporters are so generous. And I believe it's because they have still the time of their oppression, their persecution in uh, their fresh memory. Yeah. So, okay, wonderful. And then kind of, I think, leading into the book, In Prison with ISIS, so folks understand, you mentioned Voice of the Martyrs, the work you do and, and that you were doing at the time. Just if you could take a moment and share what Voice of the Martyrs is a little more specifically and what you do yeah. with them. Yeah, we are a mission organization that is not sending our missionaries. Uh, we believe that the local people are the best missionaries. Uh, we work with those who are persecuted, and we are trying to equip them with the instruments or materials that they need to make their ministry more effective. So we uh, uh, certainly, of course, you know, the families of martyrs, families of prisoners, in one sense, you know, when I say families of martyrs, it doesn't always mean families of those who have died. The martyrs are even those who have lost all their possessions, those who have lost their beloved ones, but they do not necessarily mean that we, when we talk about the martyrs, that there are dead people. There are living martyrs, you know, those especially that I was speaking earlier about, those who have lost part of their own bodies. And we supply, you know, sometimes it's a direct support, you know, financial support. For, for instance, for those widows of those who have been killed in northern Nigeria, we need to provide some tools for those those widows and their children. So we train them in sewing. We give them some instruments, sewing machines, grinding machines, so that they could generate the funds for their living themselves. We provide Christian literature for the frontline workers, for those who share the gospel also with 
their persecutors. And we visit those frontline workers, those missionaries, and we ask them, what do you need? Sometimes they need means of transportation, a, a computer, sometimes a projector, so that they could go from village to village where they're enemies of the gospel and they can share the gospel. And of course, we also distribute Bibles, but we only distribute Bibles in countries where it is illegal to bring the Bible or it is, there's opposition against that. So we always encourage people to pray for our persecutors, brothers and sisters at first. And we believe that if people will be starting and we'll be praying for our brothers and sisters who are going through this persecution, that the Lord will show them how else they could support them through our organization in practical ways. And if folks wanted to, just on a side note, if they wanted to look more into the work of the Voice of the Martyrs and, and, and get more information and all that, is there a best uh, place to do that website or or whatever? Yeah, persecution.com. You know, there's a prayer application for smartphones that is called Pray Today, and you can also join many faithful believers who are praying, and you can read the short stories of those that we are currently praying for, those who are going through difficult persecution. Peter Yashek, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today from the Czech Republic, programs international today. Uh, Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil is the name of the book. Also, his work with Voice of the Martyrs. Quick break. Come back and keep our conversation rolling in just a moment on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app, we keep our program rolling right along. Peter Yashek in the Czech Republic on the program today. The book, Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, also working with Vo- uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Talk about uh, the work that you have done and talk about it in the book as well in Sudan specifically. I have visited the country of Sudan many times when it was still one country, but after the secession of southern Sudan, uh, the persecution stopped because of the Christian faith stopped in southern Sudan. So we focus always on countries where persecution is still going on. So in one sense, we focus on northern Sudan, especially on areas like Blue Nile or Nuba Mountains, where uh, there are uh, Christian minorities living under uh, this uh, other Islamic regime. By the and, way, be- uh, before you keep going, I, that Nuba Mountains, I was going to actually ask you about that. They they were so committed to their faith and the uh, the, the person in power, I forgot the name, was so committed to wiping them out. Can you even just tell a quick story about the, the those who live in the Nuba Mountains? Yeah, you know, I've been personally there, and even my colleagues were there in the situations where it was either after the fresh bombing or my colleagues were there during the bombing, you know, where the Sudanese Air Force were trying to exterminate, you know, this Christian population, or they tried to Islamize them, but when they were not successful in that, they were trying to destroy these areas. Just for, uh, because they the were Martyrs, Christians. Yes, exactly. And Voice of the Martyrs was, among others, uh, probably only few organizations. Uh, at some time, we were the only organization with uh, Samaritan's Purse that were going to those areas and bringing uh, the practical help as well as some uh, 
instruments and tools for evangelism for these bold Christians uh, at that time. And uh, we always, at Voice of the Martyrs, we always go to these normal no-go zones where usually even the UN workers will say, no, this is a no-go zone. But the Voice of the Martyrs will always try to send people to our brothers and sisters, no matter what a danger they may experience. The reason I want to ask you that is just to drive home the point. Imagine the government flying to your town and bombing you because you're a Christian. Like that's really what the Nuba people in the mountains were undergoing. The, the, The Islamic leadership was trying to wipe out Christianity to the point of bombing people to eradicate them. I mean, that's crazy. Remind how grateful we should be, you know. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Christians, or especially the converts from Islam to Christianity, were, and they're still facing big troubles in Sudan. And I attended a conference in Ethiopia in October 2015, where I met with about 15 leaders from northern Sudan, and I heard compelling testimonies of individuals or church denominations through that I decided to visit Khartoum and to document these persecution cases. I heard about one Muslim background believer student who was supposed to be killed because, you know, if a Muslim abandons his Muslim faith, it is written in Quran that his parents are supposed to lay hands on their daughter or son and kill them. So he was supposed to be killed and he survived an attack where a firebomb exploded in his hands and burned him seriously and he needed medical care. And I also saw pictures of church buildings that were completely demolished. And when I saw those pictures, I decided to visit Khartoum. And this is what happened in December 2015. And I could only visit Khartoum for four days, but I carefully prepared the visit You know, I was able to document the injuries, take photos of the injuries of this young Muslim background believer student. And I also was able to visit, even though I was not able to take pictures of the church sites where they demolished the church buildings. But after four days, when I had the feeling that mission was completed and I was going to the airport and holding already boarding passes for my flight home, I got arrested by secret police. And they confiscated all my equipment, the first cell phone, so I could not notify anyone. And I was being accused of being a spy. You know, I missed my flight. And suddenly, a trip that was designed and planned for only four days became a long journey to walk through in coming 445 days. You know, for the first four months, I've been interrogated by secret police, uh, followed by another the four months of prosecution. And after eight months, the court case started. But even after the first four months, I was brought before the judge and heard the seven different articles of their constitution that I was charged with. And I heard two of them, the most serious, espionage and trying to overthrow the regime in Sudan. I had no idea that you can do it in four days, (laughs) by the way. Uh, And I heard for the first time that I'm actually facing a death penalty. And after these eight months of being in prison and the court case started, uh, it actually lasted six months. At the end of the six months, I was sentenced to life imprisonment. And my two Sudanese brothers who were helping me at that time, interpreter and one of the pastors, both were sentenced to 12 years. But what I think is more important is what the Lord intended to this long time, you know. Uh, This is so exciting to know, and it is so amazing, you know, when we are serving the Lord, that He can use us in places that are not pleasant always, but He has His 
purpose. And, uh, you know, of course, I have learned several lessons during these 14 and a half months or during these 445 days that were very uh, important lessons in my life. Uh, of course, you know, I don't uh, want to, it's better for people to read the book. And sure. But even to read uh, from the first page that will know how the Lord was actually preparing me for this yeah. two and a half years before I was actually in prison. The first lesson that I have learned in prison was very hard. I could probably call this lesson the Lord's strength in my weaknesses. You know, imagine that you are put in prison in, into the cell that is normally designed for one prisoner and there were already six others when I was admitted. And I found out that these six fellow prisoners were actually members of ISIS. Peter Yashek, our guest today, the book we're chatting about, In Prison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil. Quite a moment that uh, you must have been experiencing when you discovered that. We'll find out more. After this quick break on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for hanging out today. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Forecast the balance of the day. Some sun and clouds, 95 to high, low of 72 at night. Uh, may get a shower tomorrow on the cloudy side. A few showers and thunder showers possible. High just 79. Our guest today on the program, Peter Yashek, checking in from the Czech Republic. The book he's written, In Prison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil. It's an incredible story. Peter also works with Voice of the Martyrs, and you share in your book, about your dad, among other things, as a pastor and how he learned a lot and passed some tips along to you uh, in, in certain situations as to how to uh, navigate the, the times that you're interrogated and, and times that you are, you're dealing with potential persecution. Uh, share about that a little bit, if you would. My father was kind of emphasizing that when you are being interrogated, you know, in one sense, you have to show at least some sort of cooperation. And uh, you have always to have a kind of cover story that you will tell them. But the problem is that you have to exactly remember what you said, because you can be asked for the same thing, you know, later on. And they made records of all your previous statements. And this is also very important. But one thing is that we have a wonderful promise from our Lord Jesus that when we will be brought before religious or secular authorities because of his name, we should not be worried what we should answer, you know, because it will be given. The Holy Spirit will give us the right answers, you know. And I have experienced that also many times in many other countries where I've been stopped either at the arrival or at the departure from the country or during my visit and I was being questioned or I've been asked to open my bag where I had Christian literature Bibles and in many situations like that we just have to rely on the Holy Spirit and on the right wisdom, you know, in that situation. It's nice to be, in one sense, prepared, but it's much nicer to rely on the Lord and His wisdom Amen. in that particular moment. Amen. Well, I wanted to pause just to bring that up, because there are lots of these moments where I think, you know, as you said, the Lord had prepared you for many years, uh, and even growing up with your father in, in, in uh, Czechoslovakia and the spying perhaps going on, things like that, persecution. But... Uh, like when you just mentioned going into the cell initially with six people and it's only designed for really one. And now you make number seven. And I think 
they ask you for news from the outside and you mention something about terror attack and they all get excited and you're like, that's what was it like? What was it like to realize? Yeah. <laughs> Tell that little story if you, you would. You know, I, I've I've seen scenes like that on television. You know, whenever there was an attack on some Western buildings or personnel or attack on Israel, you know, you saw these videos from the enemies shouting Allahu Akbar and hugging each other. But when you hear it from the first hand, it is really scary because I was put into the cell at 1.30 a.m., so I barely managed to have maybe three hours of sleep before the first call for prayer started. And then after the first prayers, they asked me about these news. So from the very first morning, I knew what kind of people I was actually imprisoned with. And of course, you know, they started to slander me with bad words later on, uh, physically attack me, beat me, and torture me. And uh, at the same time, because of the malnutrition, you know, within the first three months, I have lost 55 pounds of my body weight. And within the first month, because of some internal bleeding in my body, I have literally lost nearly half of my blood. I was heavily anemic, you know, and when you are heavily anemic, you actually realize that your memory doesn't work normally. Your emotions are always influenced. Your brain doesn't get enough oxygen because of your low hemoglobin concentration. And that was all that contributed to the fact that I'm in the midst of the enemies of the gospel. I am physically struggling, emotionally struggling. But just to give you a better idea, you know, who these people were. They were from very young people. They were all at the age of my own children. They were highly educated, doctors, farmers, engineers, IT specialists. And uh, they studied not only in Africa, they also studied at, at the European universities. And there was a guy who at the age of 12 was sent by his father to be a personal bodyguard of Osama bin Laden in Tarabur. And he was considered like a hero among the other ISIS people. And they used to call him a man of sword. And I thought it was because of being a bodyguard of Osama, but only when he was transferred to the neighboring cell after some time, I found out the true reason why this young Libyan guy was called a man of sword. He was one of those who, in beginning of February 2015, uh, has beheaded the 20 Coptic Egyptian Christians and one African Christian on the Libyan shore. I could say that he had still fresh human blood on his hands. Uh, and a few months later, you know, he is with me in the same cell. He was also threatening me. He took out a fishing line from his pocket, and he was showing how he can kill a person within a few seconds with this fishing line. So I was desperately praying and asking the Lord to give me the wisdom to share the gospel with them. And the Lord gave me this wisdom. When I'm at the bottom of my physical or emotional strength, then I can really experience the Lord's strength in my weakness. And, you know, I was able to share the gospel and pray for them, not only to share the gospel with words, but also with my attitudes. You know, the Lord Jesus said that if someone strikes you on one cheek, we should turn the other one to him. And um, I can honestly tell you that this is not my normal nature. You know, I was always trying to defend myself, but when I was amidst of these enemies of the gospel, it was not me, it was Christ in me who was able to turn the other cheek to them. And also, uh, maybe that was actually what was irritating these guys that I never retaliated. I'm sure that if I would try, uh, they would probably kill me. You know, I can tell you honestly that my first concern was not that I will die in this prison or diseases or hunger. My first concern was 
when I was witnessing, you know, these five times per day prayers in this small room, you know, I could not have a Bible for the first five months. They had three, four, five printouts of Quran in each cell. So if they were not praying, if they were not sleeping, they were reading Quran. Uh, and when they read Quran, uh, they do it out loud. They sing it, actually. So you can have three, four people singing Quran in a different melody. And all of that contributed to the moment that I started to be concerned about my mental health. And my prayer was at that time, Lord, please keep my mind sound. Because I was anemic, I was malnourished. Uh, I was trying to memorize, you know, some of the Bible verses that I memorized when I was young. And I, to my big disappointment, I realized that I could not remember those passages because of my anemia. But the Lord was faithful. And he kept reminding me some portions of the Bible verses, you know, that I needed to be encouraged with, like Philippians 4-7, when Paul speaks about the heavenly peace that is surpassing all human understanding. And he says, this peace will guard your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. So when I really needed this verse, the Lord brought it through the Holy Spirit to me. But there were many believers who were from all over the world, were praying for me faithfully. And now I could say the second most important lesson that I have learned, the power of prayer. Imagine I could never lay down during the day. They would never allow me to do that. But every night, you know, after their last prayer of the day, maybe after 8.30, the nightlife actually started and they could be noisy till maybe 2 a.m. But to my big surprise, literally not knowing from which side they will uh, slap my face, kick me with their legs or use the wooden stick to beat me over my head. When 9 p.m. came, I could lay down and I was able to fall asleep. And I was so thankful to the Lord for the fact that I had this possibility to fall asleep each night. I can guarantee you that if you would lose that much weight and you will be as that anemic as I was, uh, you can lose your sound mind after one week being amongst them. But for maybe for a couple of months, I was wondering, you know, why do I have this privilege to have this wonderful sleep? I only found out when I was able to receive letters from my family. You know, the first person that my family called when I did not return from the trip was our pastor. But on top of that, in our church, we have a prayer application for smartphones. At 8 p.m., this application started to remind their prayers for Peter. And they made an agreement that they will, at the 8 p.m. time, they will not come together, but they will, at each place where every person was, they will stop doing their normal daily activities that evening. And for one hour, they will start and they will pray for me fervently on their knees. And you know the most important thing is that the time difference uh, in Sudan and Czech Republic in wintertime is one hour. So these people were actually praying from 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. Sudanese time. Mm. That was exactly the time when, as a result of their faithful and fervent prayers, I could physically fall asleep and have sleep maybe till 4 a.m. And I still had maybe half an hour every morning of my personal, intimate, devotional time with the Lord. So when I realized that I was able to fall asleep as a result of faithful prayer warriors at home, I was at first convicted by the Holy Spirit. You know, how many times someone asked me to pray for him or her, and I just said, yes, yes. You know, this typical social Christian phrase, I will keep you in my prayers. 
but I was not doing that. I made a commitment that I will encourage people to take prayers seriously for others and to be faithful in prayers. One could say, you know, we serve the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God who can help those persecuted Christians on his own. He doesn't need us. Not to know it's not the truth. We serve the Lord of fellowship. He wants to hear from us and he wants to answer our prayers. Peter Yashik on the Tim DeMoss Show, author of the book Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, and his work with Voice of the Martyrs we're talking about today as well. Quick break, and we'll come back in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Coming down the home stretch of our conversation with Peter Yashik, calling from the Czech Republic, talking about his book, Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, also his work with Voice of the Martyrs. As far as the book, which we actually gave away on our website not long ago, really, as folks read it, kind of unmistakable about the power of God and how he has been at work in and through you and, and working out his plan. Uh, it's, it's all over the book, is it not? Yeah, I would call it the sovereignty of the Lord, because when you will read the book, you will read how the Lord was able to use me in this prison to share the gospel, you know, especially in the Al-Huda prison, where for six months, I was able to preach once a week, sometimes twice a week, in the prison chapel, you know. There was many mosques in that prison, but there was one cell emptied and made into a small chapel. I would say it's a sense of humor of our Lord that I was able in this prison to share the gospel for six months with so many people that were absolutely hopeless, desperate, and forgotten. And that clearly shows the sovereignty of our Lord. You know, even though I did not intend this, He, through the imprisonment, through the 445 days, He actually was able to use me to share the gospel. Also, at the end of this show, I would like to encourage the listeners to uh, pray for our brothers and sisters. And Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, that even though I am bound as a criminal, the Word of God is not bound. And that's a wonderful message that people can read in my book, that the Word of God was not bound. And to read about this wonderful thing, how the Lord was using me and the other two Sudanese pastors, to preach in prison is the most amazing part of the book, I would say. Mm. You know, you quoted from Daniel chapter 2. Did you ever feel a little bit like Daniel uh, in terms of the lion's den? Uh, <laughs> especially, you know, when the Islamists in the cell where I was with them for the first two months planned and they made everything ready for me to be waterboarded. But in the moment when everything was ready, you know, the water was running, I was there, they had the piece of cloth that they wanted to put on my mouth, the Lord intervened through one of the guards. He opened the cell, commanded me to take all my belongings and leave the cell. I was having exactly the same feeling that Daniel must have had when he was taken out of the lion's den. The only difference was that in the book of Daniel, we read that the Lord has closed the mouth of the lions. When I was being taken out, their mouths were widely opened. They were so shocked. They could not believe that I was taken out just in the moment when they wanted to start the war torture me with waterboarding. So I definitely had the same feeling like Daniel. Wow. Well, we again encourage folks to check it out. In prison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, 
Peter Yashik joining us from the Czech Republic and talking about the book. And it just comes to mind as you're speaking. You've already kind of answered it throughout our conversation, but in the wrap up kind of thing here, as you've traveled the world, as you share your story about being in prison with ISIS and all the other persecutions you've experienced and, and uh, the challenges over the years, for sure. Just anything that you would, you've, as you've learned and walked with the Lord, to encourage uh, believers in their faith with? Yeah, that also goes hand in hand with one of the lessons that I have learned, you know, what it means really to seek the face of the Lord uh, or wait on the Lord. You know, sometimes we just are afraid to spend some time, you know, in prayers or waiting on the Lord uh, till He will clearly show us uh, the way to go or before He really opens the door. We know that when He opens, no one can close. But sometimes, you know, to wait on the Lord, it really means that we do wait, that we do not rush into things until we hear this tiny voice of the Holy Spirit in us. And I would like to encourage the listeners to abide in Christ. If we abide in His Word, if we abide in a living, vibrant church, and if we abide in our daily intimate relationship and prayers with our Lord, we do not need to be afraid of persecution. We can just rely on the Lord, and we can be productive Christians by being able to bring this ultimate fruit by making disciples wherever the Lord will send us. That's a great word. Peter Yashik, been so kind to uh, take time with us today, the author of the book, Imprisoned with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, also working with Voice of the Martyrs, persecution.com, as we can find out more about that work. And we'll be uh, giving away some copies of the book as well in the days to come. So folks can look forward to winning that, or they can certainly purchase it and, uh, and be blessed by that. Peter, thank you so much and for giving us perspective, too, on, on uh, Scripture and on, on the Lord, but also from another part of the world. Uh, in fact, the foundational verse of our program, John 3.16, yeah. mentioned it often. So we got to remember, it's more than for God so loved Philadelphia or America or whatever, but the world, <laughs> right? And so it's, it's a wonderful to have an opportunity to hear from you. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the invitation, Tim. Absolutely. Thank God you. bless you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Peter Yashek on the Tim DeMoss Show, calling from Czechoslovakia. So we have an international thing going today. In prison with ISIS, Faith in the Face of Evil, the book he has written detailing his journey, which included over 400 days in prison with members of ISIS. It's an amazing story. Highly recommend it. He also works with Voice of the Martyrs, persecution.com for info on that. Loved having him on the program. And tomorrow, excited to bring you Bob Lapine. He is the longtime co-host of Family Life, which you can catch weekday mornings at 9 on WFIL. Bob's going to be chatting a little bit about the, uh, the From Good to Great giveaway that just popped up on our website recently. A really amazing opportunity. For starters, every listener, welcome to a free download of Family Life's Marriage Resource Bundle, $155 value. Bundle includes video, audio, and ebook components. There's also a grand prize valued at nearly $2,000, including a trip to Orlando or Little Rock to see Family Life Headquarters, a bunch of other things involved with that, too. So check it out. Also tomorrow, Steve Greenberg, who's the guy who discovered the band, the Baja Men, who brought the world Who Let the Dogs Out 20 years ago this week. Looking forward to that conversation very much. He has a podcast detailing the journey of that song. It's really an amazing story. And uh, we'll have our Now That's Punny segment tomorrow as well. In the meantime, Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next.
Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.